one of my favorite things <laughs> that is so just X-rated, but fan-fucking-tastic <laughs> is when the girl goes, I can't. And he's like, you can. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. Big dick energy. <laughs> What's up, good girls and guys? Welcome to the Juiciest Book Podcast, where we discuss our favorite spicy stories from cutesy romance to smut and all the fantasy in between. I'm Carly. And I'm Taylor. Welcome to Read It and Ride It. (laughs) Let's go, baby. Ayo! Hockey is back, bitches. And in honor of hockey season starting again, we've selected one of the best spicy hockey books out there, Consider Me by Becca Mack. This book is about the NHL's bad boy top player on and off the ice, (laughs) who sets his sights on one of his best friend's girlfriend's besties. I know that's a mouthful. But the saga of him trying to win her over is juicy (laughs) and we're here to talk about it but before we get into it i just need to do a quick hockey rant because let me tell you hockey is the elite sport for spicy romance oh definitely it's also just kind of elite in general in my real life dude yes love hockey like once i got into reading hockey books i stayed there for so long i literally had to force myself not to read it anymore. (laughs) And if you think there's a book out there that could change my mind, please send it to me because I've tried them all. And I don't know what they do to these hockey players, but they just hit different. And I'm talking about on the page and in the bedroom, Mm, ladies mm, and mm. gentlemen. (laughs) (laughs) In general, the overall realism of reading a sports romance is so good. Like you could be reading it and be like, this could be me. Like, even though the plot lines are a little bit out there, you could put yourself in those shoes and be like, this could happen to me in real life. And I hope it happens. (laughs) (laughs) And obviously, hockey guys, athletes, they're going to be fucking buff as fuck, dudes with muscles, and obviously have big dicks. Duh. (laughs) (laughs) And for some reason, hockey guys tend to be just the most possessive as fuck characters. And I think that has to do with just how the game of hockey is played. Like it's so brutal, which makes honestly hockey is fun to watch. Like if you haven't watched hockey, read hockey romance and watch hockey and it'll start hitting different. I agree. I wasn't into hockey until I read this and icebreaker and I was like, I'm suddenly a hockey girl. <laughs> <laughs> Icebreaker is super good. And I love that there can be a theme of college hockey and then as well as professional NHL hockey. So Consider Me is NHL based, whereas Icebreaker is college, but both so, so good. And there's so many different ways that the girl can be incorporated into the plot. Like I've read ones where she's a fan of the team or she's a fan of hockey in general. And she's kind of like, I don't really give a fuck who you are. She could be related to someone on the team. And then it gets a little bit taboo in that way. Also circling back to hockey being an intense, violent sport. 
they literally can fight each other on the ice, which I think is so much fun. And I think the way that they are on the ice translate to how they are off the ice, at least in romance novels, of course, to how athletes are so focused and obsessive with their sport that then those qualities transfer over into a relationship well right and not only that I mean they have to translate that into how they eat and how intense they are with their workouts right they really are set in a certain way and trained in a certain way and so I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if that's how it is in real life too yeah also I love just in general because they can fight. You can always pivot the plot line into him fighting another player on the ice over you. (laughs) Fucking Sinbin, baby. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I would say overall for Consider Me as a hockey book, solid five out of five. I would reread this book for the smut or the plot. It's just one of those comfort books for me now because Mm. it makes me laugh. And he's so dirty, but he's so cute about it, too. Like, he's such a golden retriever. I just love that vibe. Oh, definite golden retriever energy. I love those kind of guys. (laughs) Yes. Uh, World building, just a one out of five. This is based in reality. Action, I'd say one out of five as well. There's no actual fighting or danger unless you're on the ice playing hockey getting checked. It was totally a drama-based storyline. Like there wasn't any guns pulled, you know, not really any bloodshed or anything like that. For sure, which is a good switch up because I feel like a lot of our previous ones <laughs> have involved that, even our vanilla romance. So Pretty sorry much. about that, guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're getting back on track. <laughs> As for humor, a four out of five for me. I was laughing out loud at some of the outlandish shit Carter would say. He is so fucking goofy i love him so much i specifically remember when he freaked out over the existence of skirts <laughs> which for those of you that don't know are the skirts with the shorts built in and he like tries to reach for it and he's like what is this <laughs> why is this so upset? Um, on a sad scale i would say one out of five the breakups are short his dad was already dead so there's no severe you know, in the moment trauma going on. Mm-hmm. Smut wise, four out of six, baby. That sex was fucking spicy. And it was in there a decent amount as well. Mm-hmm. Like, hot damn, his fucking dirty mouth. Like, I don't know how she was able to make him so goofy. And then he gets in the bedroom and says what he says. But Becca Mac knows how to do it. Because this man had me squeezing my legs together, if you know what I mean. Oh, shit. (laughs) They also not only had so much sexual chemistry, but just emotional chemistry. The fluff was an easy three out of five. Cute, flirty connection with a few giddy moments. Now let's say hello to Olivia, the main female character who is in it for all the shorties out there. She is. Here we go, people. Get out your fucking whiteboard because it's a lot. (laughs) She is Carter's teammates, who is also his best friend's fiance's best friend. Right. So his teammate, I think it was Emmett. Yes. Engaged to her best friend, Kara. And that is how she meets Carter. 
Yep. Which is kind of crazy that they hadn't met before that. But I guess right. the whole plot line behind it is like Kara's trying to keep her away from Carter because Carter has this playboy essence about him. Right. Speaking of a playboy essence, Carter as an MMC is arrogant, self-centered, and doesn't know what a filter is, let alone how to use one. <laughs> yeah. He's basically your basic player. He fucks around, doesn't want to settle down with anyone. We see later on it's related to the trauma built around his dad. Basically, his dad died. He saw how his mom reacted to losing the love of her life, basically, and he did not want to go through that himself. Yeah, so he just kind of makes sex unemotional. It's just a thing he does to have a good time. Even has a sex pad. Yeah, literally called Carter's Palace of Love. <laughs> like <laughs> this is his player as it gets people. And then cliche, but we love it until he meets her. Swoon. <laughs> He's a total fucking goofball. I love it. This is one of my other favorite styles of men where he's fucking muscular, hot, super tall. He is a man that's going to take care of you in the bedroom. His dirty talk is fucking elite, but he is such a golden retriever energy. Like in reality, outside the bedroom, he's laughing with you. He's obsessed with you. He's possessive of you, but he's not like the emotionless kind of guy, right? Total goofball. And the fact that Carter calls his dick his sword of thunder and Mr. Incredible <laughs> just tells you what a goofball he is. <laughs> For real. So getting to the juice, very first line in the book, I'm hooked. Homeboy is taking off his condom and <laughs> is clearly an asshole playboy. Like I'm I'm literally mean first line in the book. Very first sentence. <laughs> literally. <laughs> Side note though, I was so stuck on how desperate that fucking hoe was. I just don't understand why she was just sitting around like waiting. Like, did she think that he was gonna propose to her or something? Yeah, I know. She I feel like literally targeted him. Yeah, I just really don't understand. And then Emmett walks in and she's just buck ass naked and she's looking at him like, Oh, do you wanna join the fuck sesh? Good like God obviously you are just a puck slut like you're just right. trying to get in with someone famous if you're trying to tag team two hockey players so you weren't just interested in carter no i just was literally cringing the whole scene like you were into it and i was like get me out of this scene like this girl is freaking me out i know take a hint have some dignity shit come on <laughs> i was also shocked how the author made me still like him like with an intro like that you would think, nah, but this is why we love those golden retriever boys. They could fuck up and you're just like, oh, he's okay. You're just a fluffy good boy. <laughs> <laughs> I know. He literally says, I'm the captain of an NHL team and make a boatload of money. I can't even go to the grocery store without women giving me their number. Like, okay, you little cocky <laughs> shit. But then, you know, a scene or two later, he's doing some funny shit. And I'm like, okay, you're fine. Like, you're cute again. Just fuck him, Olivia. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so early on, Carter and Olivia meet at Kara's birthday party. And I love that Carter's obsessed with her right away. But it's totally about the chase. I don't think anyone has said no to him before. Right. I definitely think if she would have gave in that first night, like, I definitely would have. So more power to you, Olivia. <laughs> <laughs> but I think he would have fucked her and then been 
done with it, basically. And even though later in the book he says that wouldn't have been the case, I think he just kind of said that. Yeah. I think the fact that she made him hold out all the way to the New Year's party. Yeah was the key to really igniting that fire. Which, I mean, even it wasn't that long, you know, so. Long enough for that obsession to build, though. Hello. <laughs> yeah. Yes, true. I love how nervous he gets when she shows up at the New Year's party because he's all in his head and he's like, what if I fuck this up? What if I'm terrible at being in a relationship? What if I hurt her? Like, you can see his mind is changing. Like, he really wants to try to be in a relationship with her. He's just never been in one before and he's never had the mindset to be in one before because I think his dad died and then he totally shut off and he was like, I'm not going to ever try. So I get him being scared to be in a monogamous relationship because he's questioning the fact that like, do I have the capacity for monogamy? Because I've never tried it before. Right. And he just wants to be the perfect boyfriend and wants her to be happy. So I feel like all of that is boding well for him at this point, even though he was a player in the past. And then on top of it, he's going to be that possessive, jealous boyfriend, because when all of the other guys are kind of flirting with her at the party, he's getting all huffy the entire night. And they literally have not even slept together at this point. And he's already being this way. Right. He hasn't even technically kissed her yet. Like the New Year's kiss, I will say, was steamy and dreamy, though. Like if you forget you're surrounded by a bunch of people, even when they get silent, you know that's an amazing kiss. (laughs) Hell yeah. (laughs) Also, fucking Garrett in the background of this where he's like, I'm 500 bucks richer. (laughs) Totally plays into how the comedy comes into this book. Like you're kind of getting steamy from the spice scene and then someone does something comedic and then you just laugh. Right. And throughout the book, the players will make bets on different things that Carter or Olivia will do or... Just random things in general. Like, they're really goofy and great side characters. I also, speaking of side characters, love Kara as a best friend for Olivia and how protective she is. And the fact that her boyfriend is legit scared of her, even though he's this big hockey player, she wears the pants. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's not even just him. Literally, all of the teammates are scared of her. (laughs) No one is going to fuck with Kara. (laughs) No, definitely not. Like when she was like, what's your end game, Carter? And he simply just says, I want Olivia. And she says, you want every girl. And he's like, it's not the same. Not with her. This kind of made me think, okay, is this the exception trope thing? Because I feel like it is and applies. Explain exception trope because I don't think I've ever heard of that one before. I don't know if it's an actual trope, but I know it's a theme that you see within different books. So I guess you would call it a trope. It's like, I would never marry or date someone, but you're the exception. Uh, Yeah, So she's like the first person that he's like, okay, I could actually like date this girl. Like I love, I really like her and I love her personality and love her pussy later (laughs) (laughs) True. (laughs) My thing with Kara though is she keeps being like, okay, Carter, don't get with her. But then also at the same time, she's kind of pushing them together. Like Olivia will be over at her house and she'll secretly invite Carter over. So then he's there without telling her. So I feel like at this point, 
one, she's totally trying to set them up. Two, if she didn't want her with Carter specifically, she would have kind of pulled her out of that and tried to set her up with someone else. Right. I mean, they've been friends for a while. She's been dating Emmett for a while. And now this is really the first time that Olivia's, you know, having experience with the hockey teammates. Like a little sus on Kara's part, but right. it's fine. I kind of thought that too, because even after they do kiss, her approach to it is more like, like I was saying, what do you want? What's your end game? Not, I can't believe you just did that. Like, don't touch her ever again. Mm-hmm. You know, it was kind of, I thought it'd be more aggressive and it just wasn't. But I totally relate to Olivia finding safety and comfort in Carter for the reason to why she gives in to him. Right. And in this scene later on at the New Year's party, I feel so bad for Carter because he's trying to keep his dick in his pants. Like he's trying (laughs) to be good. And this poor guy is like, you can sleep in my bed. I won't sleep in here. Just spend the night. I'll make you breakfast in the morning. And she goes in the bathroom, peeks her head out and is like, can you unzip my dress? Like, come on, girl. That is just (laughs) mean to him. Totally baiting him. He's literally having a panic attack in his head and he goes to do the zipper and there's no fucking zipper. (laughs) And she's like, oops, didn't realize there wasn't a zipper. (laughs) You fucking bitch. I loved that. That was such a move. I know. (laughs) And then dick me down, Carter Beckett, baby. What are some of the first praise words out of his mouth? I'll give you one guess. Good girl. (laughs) Never gets old. The way he throws her over his shoulder and throws her on the bed. Like we love getting thrown around. Seriously, 20 out of 10 reading about it. And in real life. Side. (laughs) Side note, though, he says she smells like banana bread. I want to smell like banana bread. Like, how do people smell like that? I feel like every book is like, oh, this person smells like this, smells like that. But like banana bread? I know. That's amazing. I always am like trying to use my shampoo and then smell myself after. I'm like, (laughs) do I smell like this scent? Like, do I have some ambiance about me when someone walks by and they get a whiff and they're like, oh, yeah, like she smells good. That's some strawberry (laughs) shortcake right there. (laughs) (laughs) they also have extremely great banter in bed which i found really entertaining during those scenes and i liked how it wasn't just him giving her orders like she was giving him shit back like olivia saying you said you wanted to hear me scream your name when i come are you gonna make me or not because i mean (laughs) if i guess you're not up to the challenge i can take care of myself (laughs) damn girl (laughs) I mean, literally just egging him on to fuck you like an animal girl. Like, a fucking men, sister. <laughs> One of my favorite things <laughs> that is so just X-rated but fan-fucking-tastic <laughs> is when the girl goes, I can't. And he's like, you can. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> fuck yeah. Big dick energy. <laughs> we love a bossy man in the bedroom. And the part where she's like, you haven't broken me yet, but I'm hoping if I'm a good girl, you will soon. And he's like, fuck, I want to give you whatever the fuck you want. And she's like, wreck me, Carter. I'm like screaming mentally in this part. Like, this is the best fucking sex scene ever. <laughs> <laughs> For real. I wasn't expecting her to have such good dirty talk. 
I was very proud of her. Like she kind of seems like this prim, proper teacher. In real life, she's eating literally bacon pizza and Oreos. And then all of a sudden, she just turns into a fucking scoundrel in the bedroom. I loved it. I loved it too. Definitely one of the hottest sex scenes I've ever read. But I'm sorry, a nine-inch dick? (laughs) What? I want this author's little black book, okay? There's quotes like, Carter's packing a goddamn missile that's going to blow my vagina to smithereens. Or, it's not going to fit. We're going to make it fit. Fucking hell, man. Fucking jaw (laughs) drop, dude. Like, I cannot. Like, why nine? Like, where did she get nine? Nine. I feel like that's And she's short, so I'm like, is it curving in there? (laughs) (laughs) What's happening? I don't don't know how that works. And somehow, (laughs) somehow... This man says, I want more, Ollie. I'm going to take it. Hello, leg up on the headboard grab. Wow. <laughs> I was like, this is crazy. We're not done yet, people. He's saying shit like one more. You're going to give me one more. We love a giving man. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're done when I say we're done. Fucking fuck. Okay. And then when she finally comes, she rips the sheets right off the bed and screams his name. When I tell you this scene is fucking fire, people, I mean fucking fire. Okay, that was all one scene. The first sex scene, too. I know. So good. Okay, but also kind of shocked how fast she gave it up. Opposite. (laughs) Oh! (laughs) Bitch got a taste and was like, if I'm going out, I'm going out with a bang. Because I don't no know if she... <laughs> a bang. A bang of her life. <laughs> I don't know if she was necessarily committed to being in a relationship with him at this point. But she was definitely feeling the alcohol. She was feeling him. I get it, girl. Yep. He's fucking too charming for you to stay away. Proud of you for doing that long. But once he was like... Oh, no, no. I'm not going to stay in the bed. You stay in there. I'll make you breakfast in the morning. And you know he was serious about it, too. He wasn't just saying that. Right. I was like, yep, fucking have sex with him. I love it. (laughs) But I hate how the next morning goes down. And I'm glad that it's from Carter's POV because I liked to see that scene going in his head because I feel like that's how it was in our reader's head. We were all like, what the fuck, Olivia? She was being a fucking bitch. Like, he literally did everything right that last night. He can't help his past. Like, I get, like, I just don't understand what you think you're getting into. Like, he's not doing that currently. He's been showing you that he only wants you. But then you see something from his past and is like, oh, my God, he's such a player. He's never going to love me. This is never going to work out. I just, she's just a lot. Right. She backpedals so fast. Like talk about whiplash. It's honestly so annoying because reading it from his point of view, you can instantly tell he's totally into her, already down to give it a try and even says we need to communicate. And she just fucking dips. I know. Like, were you the one worried about it being a one night stand and he wants you to stay? Never seen a third act like this hit so hard in the first third. (laughs) I know. And it's not even like the first part like she does this repeatedly true that's yeah that's true she even goes as far to ask if he's clean which i mean rightfully so he is a player so i get it i would ask too but the fact that he has never brought anyone to his house or slept without a condom and then he's like ollie consider giving me a shot consider me that's all i want is a chance with you 
Hello, book title drop. <laughs> Whenever they do the no condom thing, I'm like immediately triggered for the, like the potential accidental pregnancy trope. <laughs> so I kind of thought that was where this was going, but it didn't. People, no pregnancy trope in this until the end. I wouldn't even call it pregnancy trope. Yeah, yeah. Carter even begs her to give him a chance. It's honestly shocking how open he is. Yeah, I mean, he's really just trying to build trust. I think not only with Olivia, but kind of within himself, like trusting himself to be in a relationship and not be totally devastated by it. He says, just so we're clear, you're the one walking away right now. This is not what I want. And the fact that she still walks away, I'm like, dude, he's literally telling you, like, he's not beating around the bush being sus at all. He's being straight up and you're still doing this. Right. It's it's on her. And this is probably only not even 25% of the way into the book. And I'm already like, okay, drama. <laughs> right. And I'm like, really into hockey. <laughs> dude, it's so fucking addicting. Like, wait until especially playoff hockey starts. I don't know what it is, but it is so much fun. And a lot of these books, including this one, I think I'm not like a total hockey snob, so they might not be that good. But I think it's fun when I read it and they'll describe a hockey scene and I have been to a hockey game and then I feel like I'm there and it's kind of fun. Like I get the atmosphere of it and I'm like, holy shit, like this is going to happen. Also, what the fuck is a toke? (laughs) Did you notice they mentioned that a couple times? I'm like, a toke? Okay, yes. I, I thought the same thing. I Googled it and it said woman's top hat, which then made me more confused because Carter would wear one. And what? then I'm just like, is this a Canadian thing or like, what is this? In a top hat of all things? I know. What? Isn't it like wintery there? Do people wear top hats in the... Who wears top hats at all? (laughs) Are are you thinking of like the Abraham Lincoln top hat? Uh, I don't think it's like that, but I don't think it's... I don't think it's a beanie. I'm really confused by it. So if someone wants to send us a DM on what a toke is. Yeah, please do. Would send, appreciate it. Send, send some photo examples, please. <laughs> Maybe you wearing a toke. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll repost you. Tag you. <laughs> I also love how obsessed they are with Oreos. It's kind of one of their things they bond over. Right. I feel like when he found out that she loves Oreos in his head, he was like, we're fucking soulmates. (laughs) (laughs) We're meant to be. (laughs) He really, he really actually was. I feel like I remember that. Yeah. There's multiple little moments like that throughout the book. The way this author writes. Spectacular. Spectacular. Yeah. So good. There's a moment when Olivia's thermostat doesn't work and she like bangs her head on the wall in frustration, (laughs) which is such a relatable action. And then Carter, not long after, purposefully smacks his head against the wall, trying to take a girl home post Olivia, but can't. It's just so cute. Those little actions that are so relatable. Like I've had moments at work where I like smack my head on the desk like I'm surrounded by idiots. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the realism of this book is so, so good. But also, Carter being that attached to Olivia after only one fuck, can we address that? Yes. I am so fucking proud of him. Like, him slowly spiraling while he's walking that girl back to his condo and being like, fuck, fuck, fuck. I can't do this. I still really like her. And then tells the girl, 
literally what happens. And then shout out to the girl for telling the paparazzi, like, you know, nope, he's just taking me back to the bar. He's being a gentleman, blah, blah, blah. And I love when he gets back to that. His friends are understanding, like, they're like, you shouldn't have done that, but you did the right thing in the end. And that shows that he's making a progression to being better already. Right. And it doesn't take long for him to win Olivia over again. I mean, hello, golden retriever. He's like giving her things. So there's a part where he sings, don't go bake in my heart. After getting her pizza with extra bacon toppings, like fluff overload. You can't (laughs) deny this man any longer. And she doesn't. She makes him come so hard. The guy punches a hole through the wall. (laughs) goals that is literally on my sex bucket list like I want to make a guy come so hard he punches a hole through the wall like wow I did that yeah geez I can't even imagine and then we introduce probably my favorite side character this old blind guy named Hank and his dog who I remember when I first started reading it I was like oh my god why is this old guy in this book but for some reason I love him Dude, he's such a fucking slay character. And I have read the books in this series so far, and he does carry on throughout. So get used to it. He's so funny. And he's kind of a different, important main character vibe than I've ever read before. Like the author did a really good job creatively writing him into the crucial role that he plays in addition to making him funny as fuck. And then In addition, he loves smut books, which is fucking hilarious. And that's how I want to be when I'm older. (laughs) Right. The fact that he's an older guy as well and he's into these smut books. And Olivia, of course, is also into them. Hello, bookish girl gang. He ends up recommending series to her that they read together. And one of the series he recommends is Owned, Claimed, Ruined. (laughs) And he states... Reviewers say it's one hell of a juicy read. And Carter's like, what the fuck? (laughs) But at the same time, even though Carter's like, oh, Hank, you're taking all the attention away from me, blah, blah, blah. And like most men who act like they don't like their girls' smut books, they actually benefit from them. (laughs) Carter benefits, realizes he's benefiting when he gets to blindfold her after she reads about a smut book like that, and then decides... Let me go ahead and make her a library room for her smut book addiction. (laughs) Goals. Carter is seriously committed. Olivia took him back. He's even going to the point where after a game, he's at a bar and this girl tries to sit in his lap and he screams, I have a girlfriend and throws her off his lap. And she was gold. (laughs) I know. At this point, he needs to do that. Like, I'm very proud of him for just putting it out there because right. these bitches do not fucking care. No. They're hopping on him. <laughs> Dude, it's terrible. And just to reiterate, he's a famous hockey player, so he has to do this whether she's around or not because if the – what are they called? Tabloids? Yeah, tabloids yeah. get any whiff of him. Messing it's around. a scandal. Yeah. Another one of the things he does to kind of show his – you know, love, adoration, I'll do anything for you. I don't care what it is. Money is no object is when he buys her the furnace and she's super upset about it. Like, oh my gosh, he bought me a furnace. I'm never going to be able to pay him back for this. It costs so much, which I totally get her hesitation because 
he's super rich. They're just dating. She doesn't want to come off as, you know, I'm dating you for your money. And I think that would just be like a general struggle with dating a professional athlete and you were just kind of working a generic job and you were a generic person like they live their lives more extravagantly because they have more money right so him dropping a bunch of money on a furnace nothing to him but for her she's like oh like holy shit I don't know what to do but I'm glad that she didn't dwell on it for very long she got over it really quick she was like I'll do a payment plan and he's just like I want you to be happy and warm. Don't think about paying me back. Yeah, they they really did that well because balancing in a couple your spending and it being his first relationship, I think his response was really sweet and really genuine. Like he's just trying to help her. Yeah. He doesn't expect anything back. Also, Carter's mom finding out about Olivia is so, so cute. And her relationship with Carter is just adorable in general. I know. I love her so much. And if I was his mom, like I lost the love of my life and, you know, I only have my children left as kind of those loves. Like she doesn't have a boyfriend or anything filling the spot of her husband who passed. I would be so invested in my children's love lives like she is. Like she's so obsessed. I would want my children to have the same love that I experienced. So I totally get why, you know, she's so overbearing in that situation, but she's so funny overbearing. She's not being crazy about it. And I think Carter's embarrassed by it, but honestly, she's been through so much and she knows what great love feels like. And I would totally understand why she's like, okay, got to make sure this girl is good enough for him. Carter also has that trait where he kind of likes to embarrass his loved ones (laughs) because she's at a hockey game. Also, she sits kind of close to like the ice. So this was coming, but he points to her at the game and she kind of didn't really like it. Like, bitch, if that was me, I would be eating that shit up. I know. I literally would be like, fuck yeah, claim me in front of all these bitches here. I want them to know that that guy on the ice is mine. Right. And... Like, again, why did you sit so close to the fucking glass? Like, he's famous. People are going to notice him noticing you. Like, if you didn't want that attention, sit farther back. Sit in a suite. Yeah, suite. Hello. But she's also already going to be in the tabloids. It's unavoidable. It's just part of the life of dating someone like that. She just needs to accept it. Yeah, I agree. I feel like she's still kind of hung up on the fact that she wants to keep her private life private, but... Yeah. I mean, look who you're dating. You kind of got to give a little to get a little. And you're getting a lot. Nine (laughs) inches to be exact. (laughs) Another part when she's being fucking dramatic. Is it just me or was the deep convo Carter and Olivia had after their fight kind of cringy? No, I think a lot of the fighting with like what Olivia was saying, I cringed at. I just... Yeah, it, it just didn't make sense based off how the way the characters were set up. Like, why is Carter the one that's so good at speaking about emotions when he's never done this before? Like, he's never been in a relationship. Yeah, and in addition, I think my main thing was, like, they've been only together for a week and she's freaking out. Like, <laughs> I get he's a player in the past, but 
dude, he's trying Olivia and she's so caught up in her head. She can't even let him in. And she literally says, why would you stay when it's so exhausting? And Carter goes, it's only been a week, Olivia. Like, yeah, Jesus, fuck, Olivia. Come on. It's exhausting being the fucking reader. Yeah. I'm like, girl, get the fuck over yourself. He's obsessed with you. He's showing that in not only what he's saying, but also his actions. Like, what more do you want at this point? The hot and cold is so annoying. And Carter does things that are so thoughtful that shows how into her he is. Like the bath bombs, playing John Mayer and candles around the tub with her favorite book set up for her. Or a pillow fort movie night with Chinese takeout. Like my heart was swelling reading all this. It's so, so cute. Meanwhile, poor Adam, the goalie, and in my opinion, the nicest guy on the team, caught his bitch of a girlfriend cheating on him and calls Carter for help. I kind of thought Adam was also the best of them all and his book just came out and I haven't read it yet but everyone says like he's the elite golden retriever really guy yes oh I am even more excited to read that now she better give him a good ass story because the fact that he had to deal with this bitch was such an uncalled for thing Like the fact that he was literally staying with her because, you know, she was his high school sweetheart. She knew him before he got famous. He was trying to make it work. And then she's just fucking other dudes because he's not around. Like you knew what you were getting into. You're a fucking sleazeball. Fuck you. You don't deserve him. And Courtney, who is Adam's girlfriend, soon to be ex is totally gaslighting him. Like, I was so glad the entire team came with him to break up with her. But she's going to come back later in the book because she's out for revenge. And poor Adam. Thank God he got his own book because he didn't deserve to deal with that shit. I know. He needs a fly-ass bitch. (laughs) Going back to our main couple, I was kind of triggered by Carter saying, I love you first. Olivia's crying, not wanting him to say it. Him saying, then I'll tell you every night after you fall asleep. That was honestly really cute. But I'm just like, Olivia, you're fucking ruining a good moment yet again. And the fact... <laughs> you don't deserve him! I know! And the fact that he's always making her cry in a good way, though, or laugh. Like, I feel like that's a good sign. Why are you so in your head, uh, Olivia? I know. And then in addition to it, he got rid of the condo. Like, at one point... She says she needs to use the restroom. So she's like, let's go to your condo. And he says, oh, no, like I sold the condo. I was (laughs) (laughs) I was so proud of him. Like he's growing up, taking life by the balls, doing the right thing without someone having to tell him first, which I feel like is a big part of that. And Olivia is still just like being a little fucking hell. Yeah. This part of the book, I honestly started getting nervous because things are starting to go well. You know, it's almost like going too well. We're like, okay, something's going to happen soon. So Valentine's Day comes up. He, of course, includes sexual innuendos with all his gifts because that's just who he is. (laughs) But like the third gift, for instance, is chocolate covered strawberries that he says he imagines licking off her body. Mm. He's even more extra than me, which is saying a lot. Okay. He hires a mariachi band, has a trail of roses with him lying naked at the end, saying, Paint me like one of your French girls with a box of chocolates over his junk. And then if you open the box of chocolates, his dick is tied with a bow. <laughs> 
I was dying. It's so funny. It's so good. Olivia's extended family also gets involved because her brother has a wife and a couple kids and they start to interact as well. And I love this scene where the kids are coming over to stay the night at his house and he's literally having to like hype himself up to watch them like the (laughs) so they have you know Alana she's older okay he can kind of deal with that but then the little baby Jem he's like he requires a responsible adult and Carter's like am I responsible enough (laughs) like I'm gonna have to be that person (laughs) like even though it was funny I kind of was swooning over him like thinking about it so much and seeing him be good with the kids I feel like was such a total panty melter moment for Olivia like fuck yeah and for us are you kidding right (laughs) I'm like my ovaries are tingling (laughs) (laughs) like such a play for the future that they could have together yeah and also don't forget this is a hockey book we do actually get some action outside of the bedroom on the ice the first moment they actually describe a hockey game Emmett gets out of a penalty with only six seconds left and Carter shoots the puck to him and he scores. I was literally screaming. I felt like I was watching a hockey game. I was like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, Emmett! (laughs) There's also this part where he's giving a pep talk and Olivia can hear him. She, She goes, I will literally let him do whatever he wants to me tonight. To top it off, though, the mom is sitting right there and she just shrugs and she's like, yeah, I'm ready to be a grandma. I loved that moment. And thank God. I mean, I was stressing that this is going to be the bad part. Like, they're not going to win the cup. This is going to be, you know, really the sad third act breakup reasoning. But Mm -hmm. no, they win the cup. Right. And then you see how much left of the book there is. And you're like, what the fuck's going to happen now? Right. Yeah. I started getting nervous. (laughs) Yeah. After winning the game, Carter asks Olivia to move in with him and be his doggy mama. (laughs) So we're making moves. Things are looking good. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) The mother fucking pictures. Like when they first mentioned him taking pictures of her, I was like, and then. And we're talking nudies, people. We're not like cute couple photos. He has a private file for her nudes and him literally doing stuff with her. Like it's not just like a cute artsy nude. It's like full blown fucking. (laughs) There's cute artsy nudes. I didn't know that. Maybe just me. I'm a photographer. I don't know. (laughs) But they take the pictures and then they keep bringing it up in the plot line. I'm like, no one just takes pics and gets away with it. Like something's going to fucking go down. And I kind of forgot about it, honestly. And then when that plot line came up, I was like, it's going to be the fucking pictures. I kind of was thinking that, too. I mean, I knew the nudes would be the catalyst of the third act breakup. And Courtney, Adam's ex, being the one to find his phone is just so annoying, but makes sense because this is her opportunity for revenge. Yeah. Also, why the fuck are you storing them on your phone? Like, no. That's where you went wrong in the first place. They should have been doing like some Polaroids or something, (laughs) like some little black book in their house that no one is going to be able to see. At this point, Courtney is blackmailing Carter, forcing him to act like he's taking her and one of her friends home to hook up with. Back to his old playboy ways. And so 
I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Why the fuck would you cheat on her if you say you love her so much? Yeah, this whole situation was handled terribly by Carter. Don't even get me fucking started. (laughs) Like, there is no fucking reason why he couldn't tell Olivia what was going on. Even the way she begs him to explain, and he's lamely like, I can't, I don't know how... And they're both sobbing. I'm honestly just pissed off. I'm like, I don't even feel sad in this moment, even though it's a sad moment. Communication is so important, people. Fucking use your words and prevent this third act breakup from happening in your real life. Okay, (laughs) Take this to heart. (laughs) I know they could have staged like some sort of fake public breakup or something to satisfy Courtney because the whole point of Courtney doing that is because she wanted the paparazzi to take pictures of him and Mm -hmm. basically destroy Carter's relationship because Courtney thinks that Carter destroyed her relationship with Adam because she's a fucking yes she's literally a delusional bitch (laughs) (laughs) and they did not need to be separated while he went to the police to get it all figured out like he could have just fucking told her this third act breakup was such an outlandish unnecessary fucking shit shit storm Right. I was just like, all right, let's get the fuck over this. Like, how are we getting through this? Right. And they're already living together. So she drives away saying, I'll never stop loving you, even though I'm broken beyond repair. Then Carter falls to the ground, breaking apart. That did choke me up a bit, but I'm still just thinking, why? Why, God, why? (laughs) I know. (laughs) Moving forwards, I loved the comparison in Carter's mind that he thought he only ever wanted the Stanley Cup. That was all he ever needed. Right. But now it's Olivia. Priorities change. Goals change. What makes you happy changes. And dreams change. Right. As usual, Hank comes in for the save of the day because Carter goes to him to ask for advice because Hank is essentially his fatherly figure since she doesn't have a dad anymore. Right. And the fact that Hank tells Carter what he needs to do, and Carter has even confessed at this point to Emmett and Kara that it has to do with the nudes and that he never cheated on Olivia, but still refuses to talk to Olivia and say these things is so infuriating. Right. I just don't get it. I mean, he's good at communication. He's bad at communication. Olivia says she wants communication, doesn't fucking do it. It's like, what, people? What? (laughs) (laughs) Thank God for Hank. I mean, come on. If without him, where would we be? Where would we be? They wouldn't be together. No. I guess. (laughs) I guess not. Because he even gets Carter to say, if I were to die right now, my last words would be a declaration of how much I love her. I mean, come on. Do you think once you've loved someone, you can ever not love them? Like falling out of love? I think it just depends on how strong the love was and like what version of love, because I feel like there's superficial love and there's emotional love and yeah, everything. I think in their situation, no way that they could have gone on to be in other relationships. Right. Uh, final thoughts on this situation glad Courtney got caught you're a fucking bitch and I'm also glad that this only lasted like three chapters oh my god right I was thinking there's not that much left in this book I swear to god if they don't get back together until the last second I'm gonna be just pissed right (laughs) 
it ends with Kara's wedding, which has kind of been the whole thing the whole time. We've kind of been building to Kara and Emmett getting married. Mm -hmm. Carter's speech was amazing. Literally took notes for the speech I have to give next year. There was one quote in particular that I laughed out loud at. Carter says, it's been an emotional day for all of us. Even the cake is in tears. <laughs> you would like that. <laughs> so cheesy. Such a dad joke, but like, come on. Tears, T-I-E-R-S versus T-E-A-R-S. That's funny. And people who don't get it, they just miss out. <laughs> Not my problem. <laughs> the most cringe part of this wedding was the fact that Kara was so chill about Carter proposing to Olivia. Like what? Yeah, at her own wedding. Just to be proposed to at a wedding in general. And he was even considering doing it at the Stanley Cup. Like, wouldn't that have been better? I thought it would be too. And he said that he didn't want to do it at the Stanley Cup because he didn't want to embarrass her. And I'm like, it's more embarrassing that you did it at the wedding. Like, yeah. honestly, Kara, you're lame as fuck for that. Fuck no. Would anyone ever be proposing at my wedding? It's nope. my day. Absolutely not. The way he demands her to marry, though, so on brand for him. He goes, I refuse to be without you. You're mine. My best friend, lover, only version of forever. Hello, your mind trope. Oh, I forgot that he said only version of forever. That's fucking deep. So cute. Damn. <laughs> In the epilogue, we fast forward to Carter and Olivia's wedding, and one of the most powerful scenes of this, and I think of the entire book where I literally was closing my eyes, imagining it, having this huge smile on my face, was when she's walking down the aisle and Hank is asking Carter to describe her to him. Like, oh. And then just the fact that the perspective of this was from him describing her walking down the aisle, because I don't think a lot of them do that like this. And then in typical Carter fashion, he's too excited and he runs down the aisle to meet her there. Also, the fact that they had a pup tux on Hank's guide dog, that was so cute. I was picturing that in my head as well. If I ever get married, I want my dogs to have pup tuxes. <laughs> LOL at Kara having all Olivia's wedding stuff planned and booked for her as well as after just doing her own wedding. Would you say you're more of a Kara or Olivia? I mean, I feel like I'm more of a Kara in like an organizational way, but Kara's kind of overbearing. Like, I don't think I would go up to my friend and be like, I have all of your wedding planned and you have no choices and here you are. That's actually such a good point. I'm currently planning a bunch of bachelorette stuff and I will say I did plan the entire itinerary and basically gave it to her and was like give me notes so, <laughs> so I may be a little bit more overbearing than I thought but, but hey in my defense I took all of that off her plate and I made some bomb ass plans okay we're gonna have fun in Europe <laughs> and to wrap it up in very typical Carter fashion he outs Olivia as being pregnant by saying she can't drink and then putting his hand protectively over her stomach. The way he simply says oops into the microphone <laughs> was the perfect ending. <laughs> so for some similar recommendations, we've got a list of hockey romances we liked. I'll let you start. Okay, get out your pen and paper, people, because I've 
got them all. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start off with some college hockey stuff. We have the off-campus series by L. Kennedy, and that one starts off with the deal. Garrett Graham is the fucking hockey man. Like Carter for me is the NHL guy and Garrett Graham is the college hockey guy. He is the mm. first like OG college hockey guy. Great series. Then we have Iced Out, which is another college one. And for all you bitches that don't like third act breakup, read that one. This man is golden retriever. There's some drama, but the third act breakup isn't really a breakup between them. It's just kind of the drama of their lives. Oh, I like that. Yeah. So a lot of people will like that. Some darker ones, like dark vibes. We have Until I Get You. So good. It's like a dark college NHL both vibe. Brutal Obsession. Also dark. Then back to NHL just in general. Mile High and Wall of Winnipeg and Me. Both so, so good. I would say my favorite college one so far, I haven't read the Deal series yet, so I need to read that, would be Icebreaker. I think that one also has been read by a lot of people because it popped off on TikTok, which is Mm -hmm. actually why I read it. So, so good though. And then if you like Reverse Harem, Why Choose, take a read, Puckin' Around, and that's Puckin' with a P, okay? (laughs) It's it's pretty good. It's pretty spicy. I'm about halfway through it right now, and I'm loving it. I want to give a little shout out to our author, Becca Mack. Like we mentioned before, this is a series of three books, and this book was the first. Yes, and I have read the second one, not the third one yet, but the second one is called Play With Me, and that is Garrett and Jenny, whose Garrett is on the hockey team. Jenny is Carter's sister. And I do want to say there are a few little flirty moments hinted at in this book that they're going to be an item. Right. And then Unravel Me is Adam, who is the goalie who had the bitch-ass girlfriend. (laughs) I'm pretty sure there's like some sort of like single mom trope, but I've seen some snippets of the shit he says in bed. And I cannot wait until I have time to read this one. Right? I saw someone do one of those TikToks where they highlight the quotes. Fuck. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This episode for our bookish spotlight, we are shouting out our homegirl, Shelby. Shelby. (laughs) Shelby was one of the first people to follow and show us some love. And ultimately, one of our first new bookish friends we've made since starting the podcast. And I don't know if you guys know this, but... We are both dog people, and her Frenchie Tuna is the cutest gray speckled boy with a blue and black eye, like Hello Zade vibes, (laughs) and makes frequent appearances on her feed. She also has, I would say, arguably the sexiest wall on BookTok, where you will see a collage of golds, mirrors, photos, and art often used as the backdrop to her bookish videos and photos. And the thing that really makes it pop too is the color of the wall is like this deep forest green. Mm. So all those accents of gold, it's its stunning. I can't, I've messaged her before like, I straight up said this is the sexiest wall on book talk. <laughs> <laughs> I need to be no fucked against that wall. <laughs> <laughs> So give her a follow on both TikTok and Instagram at Shelby Reed Smut. That's S-H-E-L-B-Y 
R-E-A-D-S-S-M-U-T. Shelby Reed Smut. <laughs> we love you. <laughs> Would you rather? Mm-mm-mm. We need like some sort of intro music. That would be cute. This. Yeah, we'll make one. All right. So it's my turn this week. And <laughs> oh my gosh, why am I scared? You should be. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Would you rather your favorite author died without finishing your favorite series or you must get a tattoo of your least favorite character's name in a heart? Okay. Uh, I think it would have to be the author because I'm literally picturing like Dane (laughs) on my body and I would just die every time I saw that. Like never in my life. (laughs) Slowly chip away your soul. (laughs) For real. Also, I feel like the author thing, maybe someone could take over it. Maybe not Verity vibes, but (laughs) you know, like... I feel like someone could finish it or maybe some sort of fan fiction person could finish it or something. Oh, yeah. That's true. But I feel like I could get away with it or maybe imagine it for myself. That's true. I just always like knowing how the author is going to wrap it up. But yeah, that's a hard one. That's it for today's episode. We'll see y'all back in two weeks where we're going to get a little bit spooky for Halloween by reading The Ritual by Chantelle Tessier. For more, follow us on our socials, TikTok and Insta at Read It and Write It, and subscribe to us on YouTube or wherever you're listening in. Our DMs are open to would you rather suggestions or books and topics you want covered, or you can email us at readitandwriteit at gmail.com. See you next episode.